one, two, three, clap. One, two, three. I punched my chest because I realized at the end of that I had a beer in my hand and I'm like, oh my God. I'm gonna... <laughs> and I see I a keyboard. I, I briefly had to make the decision, do I slap my chest or my face? <laughs> because <laughs> my own face is closer to the mic and it would have made a more slappy noise. And I'm like, I'm not punching myself in the face with this podcast. Not, oh, I am on video, see? I, I see assure you, there are people that wish the outcome were different. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. They want to watch me slap myself in my own face. Uh, oh, people who are listening, they can also see me right now. Like we, we aren't making this a video podcast yet, but if you get on our Patreon, patreon.com slash last minute politics, or just type in the name of the podcast into Patreon, you will find us and give us at least $1. You can be sitting here with them. IRL watching me talk at the camera right now. You can't see Dragor. Like we said, they are on hotel internet and I kind of did this on the fly, but Hey, there's no reason I can't kick my do, camera. Do, on do you actually see me now? See you. Have you turned on camera? Oh my God. Okay, never mind. Drag Wars on video, too. You can see everybody on video. <laughs> We're doing a whole little goofy video call. I'm actually going to turn it off just in case, though, because, yeah. See, it doesn't even look like you're in a hotel. You can be like, this is my living room. <laughs> this is my I did the. I was doing the day job from here, and the paintings in the background, one of my coworkers was like, oh, wow, those shelves look really nice. I'm like, that's actually shitty generic hotel art. <laughs> I, I will tell the manager you said that. <laughs> nice art. I wanted to talk about uh, a video game, actually. I've been playing Metal Gear Solid Five, which is only notable because I played... I was a big fan as a kid of all of the Metal Gear Solid games. Didn't fully understand all of the plots. I need to play them again, knowing the tiny bit more I know now about, like, world history than I knew when I was 13. <laughs> We're never trying to play through these. And I only, it's only notable because in Metal Gear Solid Five, your main enemy just is the Soviet Union. And since it's like, you know, Western-made media, you, you're, everyone just goes, yeah, of course, yeah. That's, I obviously want to be killing as many, as many Soviets as we possibly can. <laughs> it's like watching, what is it, Rambo 2? And they're like, when it, in the, the movie that was made in that brief period where in the Afghanistan conflicts between like U.S., like when the Mujahideen, that was like the one year where the U.S. was like, Afghanistan is fucking awesome and we love afghanistan look at these brave mujahideen soldiers and all those lines end up in what is it rambo 2 which rambo is that uh, it, it, was well, it yeah, the one that was just called rambo that came it, later yeah, well yeah where the second movie first blood part 2 rambo <laughs> wait wait where the the actual second movie not like yeah which is called first blood part 2 yeah. rambo so it's like you get that weird there's like a if you find it it's very strange to hear them talk because especially with like how we know how things eventually go down because it was just a, a small amount of like propaganda injected into our uh, the movie Rambo <laughs> so my audience would be like yeah we need to fuck the Soviets they're trying to destroy it. and this isn't me saying like yes the Soviet Union made only good decisions by fucking around in Afghanistan not making that claim either but it is just kind of trippy to be walking around a solid snake at first I'm like oh I'm just you're fucking killing Soviets, and then I realized the biggest mechanic in that game is: Have you played this at all, Dragor? Nope. Have you seen the where they stick a weather <laughs> balloon on people and then they go flying into the air? That's no, the but biggest now mechanic. I want to. MGS Five. That's the biggest new mechanic. It's not just sneaking around. <laughs> doing infiltration you have to recruit an army so it's not actually me going around killing a bunch of soviets because i think they're evil it is in fact me building my own army of soviet soldiers that i have kidnapped back to mother base and they, they, they love me now they're like boss yeah you're the boss okay <laughs> You're not supposed to think about this game this hard, but it's all I've been doing for the last week. <laughs> this has been, like, the, this has been the, the hyper fixation. 
What are the geopolitical ramifications <laughs> of in 1985 having essentially teleporter technology? That's the other part. It's right? supposed to be happening in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> And they have big robot. They have Metal Gears. <laughs> like they're yeah, Walker it's a blend droids. of genres. <laughs> Welcome to Last Minute Politics. <laughs> My name is Pepper Coyote, and joining me today is... Hi, I'm Dragor, and I'm currently at FWA in a hotel room. And while normally I do intend to be sober for these things, I am greatly enjoying this Relaxicon, especially coming off of having run for Squared with a bunch of people. So... Yeah, you, you got to do a thing. I've been denied my last convention, and I was not planning on going to this one, so I didn't go to this one either. And fucking Fox had... Fox is to FWA as you COVID. are to First Squared. Like, right Fox before getting COVID-ed. on the fucking plane. Yeah, quick disclaimer, Fox is not, like, in the hospital. As as so far, he's doing relatively well for having COVID. But yeah. Fox got... Fox got Everybody I know got COVID now. Like, I know more positive cases now with all of the vaccines and boosters and supposedly doing it. You know, the pandemic's over. So I know more people who've gotten COVID now than two fucking years of lockdown. So can I transition us directly into our first topic, which is extremely relevant. So the nation of China, <laughs> it bum, exists. Bum, bum. Most Americans are upset by this fact, <laughs> but <laughs> no, so, they're not. Everything sure... they order on Amazon's made there. Oh, it's all made in like Taiwan and Vietnam. I see more often now than I see made in China, but eh, every once in a while you still see it. But even like at this point, stuff's getting like like there's African nations that are doing our like tiny petty manufacturing jobs that used to be do like Foxconn. Uh, getting distracted. So you're probably aware that at least that Shanghai, especially in China in general, has been having a bit of a COVID surge recently. And if you read articles, you will hear about the horrors. I say in air quotes, the horrors going down in China uh, to control their COVID outbreak. You'll hear about the zero COVID policy, which. Does sound like if you get COVID, they shoot you in the head, but that is not what they do. <laughs> as far as I understand, and this is where the whole thing, like everything I say right now, people listening to this because they say, oh, that is a lie either from China or that's a lie from them or that's propaganda here or that's an exaggeration. I know. Like, I don't have direct sources. I don't have a friend in Shanghai. I can just call up and say, hey, what the fuck's actually happening? I just got to go off of uh, what I see online. And as far as I understand it, when China does lockdowns, they are local lockdowns. Did uh, you just you'll say hear China about, like, does? Oh. When China, <laughs> when China like, does I know lockdowns. when you said when China does, but it, it sounded like a cross between China and Canada. China. China. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably what a racist person would call Toronto. Oh, God. <laughs> Even though it's not mostly Chinese. It's a lot of, I think, Japanese immigration. Large Asian immigrant population, most places. This does not shock anyone listening to this, I am sure. I mean, but if you go to Vancouver, I mean, like, you know, it's direct line. The earth is Asian round, immigrants. and did you know people can get to any point on it from where yeah, they, they go once places. were? <laughs> they go places. Sometimes when a government does not kidnap them to build a railroad, even. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> anyway, why are there so many Chinese people in California? Uh... Like, did you not study your fucking history? 
Jesus. <laughs> I fucking wonder why there's <laughs> You know, there's an easy answer for this, buddy. <laughs> uh, but anyway, as far as I understand it, China does local lockdowns. You'll hear about, uh, like, oh, this apartment building has been, like, fenced in. They did a gate around it. And uh, on the outsides of people's doors in these apartment buildings, they'll, you know, you ever go on, like, a, a trip when you're in high school and they put, like, a piece of tape on your door so they can tell if you left yeah. or not? Yeah, they're doing that shit to people. Like, don't leave your house. But, like, and you're like, what, what are you supposed to, so what are you supposed like... to do? Just you know, you're locked in your house and you're going to burn to death or they're going to demolish or something. They're like, it's tape here. Please be an adult. We're going to yeah. know. Like, it's the lowest. It's the same we, thing we with have a like lockdown. copy protection and stuff like that. It's like, you don't make it horrific and put a root kit on every computer. You just go, enter this five-digit code once in a while, okay? Please, like, be nice. Honor system. <laughs> and to be fair and balanced, there are, uh, like, the Chinese like government that. has... I like saying it like that because oh uh, what is it? Um, who is it? That's Some more news always says it, so I say oh, it because they well, say it's it. Well, Fox. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Yeah, I know. But everybody gets that by now. Um, we have <laughs> no, seen the Chinese government building. It just makes people think you are a MAGA chud. <laughs> they don't listen to this podcast, at least not the whole thing. <laughs> The Chinese government has been building, like, fences outside of apartment buildings, like, do not leave. And you've seen, you can find footage of people who just, like, I'm leaving anyway. And then a bunch of hazmat people, like, detain them. <laughs> they don't shoot them. They don't, like, beat the fuck out of them in the streets like American police do. But they are detained. It's like, you got, we're enforcing this lockdown. And... While these lockdowns occur, I've uh, I've also heard stories about uh you're supposed to get food. Like the idea is you stay home and they bring you at least like the bare minimum some rations, like so you don't have to leave your house to get food. Because you'll hear like oh people aren't allowed to leave for food. It's like well that's because there's a plan for that. You get food deliveries. You're part of the convenience of live of living in like high rise apartment type things is you can just here's your building's shit mm -hmm. a big truck of food. And I have heard reports of some of that food being, uh, like, spoiled, like, rotten. And what was the Chinese government response? They said, fuck you, eat that food or we'll kill you, because that's what communism is. No, they uh, investigated and replaced the food with better, f with food that wasn't They saw spoiled. a problem. The people, they ate happened. each other. They, they, they fed a man to them. That's what they did. Heaven fucking uh, forbid that in a time of crisis, spoiled food happens and com complicates the problem. And what did they do? Did they panic? No, the they... They fixed the problem. See, Dragor, in America, you would never receive uh, f spoiled rations during COVID because you would never receive rations during COVID. <laughs> how dare they try and hey, fuck up hey, a little bit? How, we how, just you, didn't try. We Pepper, should be rewarded. How dare you say we didn't receive rations? There was <laughs> there was not a $2,000 check. <laughs> there was almost a $2,000 check. <laughs> Sent by the shitty president. And then the good president sent us a smaller one. Uh, but, okay. So, like, obviously I'm, I'm talking like an asshole here. So let me uh, scroll down with Reuters. And to, to come off all this, let me throw out a fact at you. So we talk about uh, China's COVID surge. And Shanghai is a bigger city than any of our cities in terms of population. And uh, their peak, their seven-day average near the, the, the recent Chinese wave of COVID was about 30,000 cases was the peak of their seven-day average. Would you guess what the low of the U.S.'s recent like COVID dip, I say in air quotes, from uh, between Omicron and now it's coming back up because there seems to be either a different variant or it's just, wow, we stopped doing any kind of safety, therefore COVID is going crazy. We aren't sure which one it is yet. I'm not sure at least. Uh, our low, our low point was 30,000 cases, seven-day average. Our low point, China's high point, 
30,000 cases. Now, none of you need me to tell you what I'm going to say next. How many fucking people live in China? How many people live here? Like, you can see how these numbers are uh, embarrassing yeah. and uh, shameful and despicable even when you start to go, well, how many deaths could be prevented if we did anything? Because uh, <laughs> so re- like, the gut reaction, this. too. When you bring this up to Joe Schmo, people go, it's like, oh, but hospitals aren't overwhelmed. Over overwhelmed is is like the the terror scenario people are still having problems with it we don't know the long-term effects of this thing yet nor do we know all of the long-term effects of the vaccine talking about hospital overcrowding it is already a known thing that hospitals at no like they didn't stop doing this over covid especially private hospitals well i really only private hospitals are the ones that can do this they cut staff to save money and like so when you hear about this like hospitals overwhelmed that's still like there's still strategic money-based decisions of how many nurses do we want to pay for this week so while hospitals are supposedly overwhelmed in the u.s not all but at least some of those hospitals are ones that are consciously cutting staff to make sure they can save money while being overwhelmed. Like, you see what I'm going with here? Because the priority is never uh, healthcare outcomes. The priority is always the bottom line. So I pulled up this article by Reuters, just because I want to hear, like, because Reuters is a, you, is definitely not a pro-China source. This is no. a very pro-capital. is a money is a business paper. And I want to read through and do some of the descriptions here. So let's see. I I link this in the chat, by the way, if you want to read the whole article yourself. Shanghai authorities, this is May 8th, so like today, uh, were tightening the citywide COVID lockdown they imposed more than a month ago, prolonging into late May an ordeal that China's capital Beijing was desperate to avoid by turning mass testing into an almost daily routine. The commercial hub of 25 million, again, bigger than any of our cities, uh, was making a fresh push to bring case numbers outside of the areas that were facing strictest curbs to zero uh, by the second half of May. That's the zero COVID policy you hear about. People familiar with the matter told Reuters. Uh, people said movement cur- that said movement curbs will generally remain. This is curbs on movement, like you can't leave, go places, a curb on movement. Yeah. People said movement curbs will generally remain through the month uh, due to fears of a rebound, even though case numbers have been falling. That's another thing. We talk about this lockdown and you hear about, oh, how it doesn't work. And guess what? About two, three weeks into their lockdown, numbers started going down. As of today, the seven-day average is back around 18,000, which is much lower than our current seven-day average here in the U.S. Almost in half. In a video shared widely on Chinese social media, police in hazmat suits argue with, argue with, argue with residents who were told they needed to be quarantined after a neighbor tested positive. When's the last time you argued with police? When's the last time our protesters argued with police? And yeah. then that was, it wasn't followed by seven uh, were killed and <laughs> police <laughs> shortly opened fire on the targets. You don't hear Unmarked that. vans uh, are throwing, are, hazmat people, <laughs> people in hazmat suits jumping out of unmarked vans, grabbing people and throwing them in and disappearing them. And then when they come back, they're all, they have new haircuts and they wear all white and they're all kind of zombie looking. That's what's happening over there, right? <laughs> We have the entire sleeping zombie warrior class of China that when the special command word happens, they're all going to wake up and take over America. So I want to read you the quote that is the headline of this article, where this is like <laughs> something they just like talk to a random cop. They said, uh, this is so we can thoroughly remove any positive cases. One of the officers is heard saying, stop asking me why there is no why. We have to adhere to national guidelines. And that stop asking me why is supposed to be like, oh my God, the fucking horror. And I'm like, yeah, stop asking him why. It's COVID, asshole. You know fucking why. <laughs> you know? I kind of, I don't want to say the no, cop yeah, has a that's, point. No, that's like the toddler of like, what do you mean why? It's raining. It does that. 
Why? And I, I, you, please don't listen to this and think it's like, wow, Pepper loves police as long as they're Chinese. <laughs> that is also not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to draw comparisons in how our police treat us and how other people's police treat them without doing the whole like, I am from X country, therefore I will rose-colored glasses and somehow think that the domestic beatings are fine. But then uh, <laughs> when in comparison to, oh, but the Chinese officer said, don't leave your house. Here's your free food. And that is somehow like fucking slavery. Like we've gone, we're back to, we're just throwing people. This is Soylent Green. I don't know. <laughs> the horrors. The only reason I'm bringing this up, you will hear people t- who talk about, they'll hear things about like, oh, you have to stay inside. You have to, you you receive rations and you're, and you're not allowed to just go out to Pizza Hut. Like you can't do X, Y, and Z. And they will try and claim that like, oh, look at these horrors. Look at these terrible things that are happening. One million Americans have died from COVID. Like, and that is definitely an undercount. So one million officially is the number of Americans that have died. In China, it's, it's not even a six digit number let alone a seven-digit number. And I cannot understand looking at the precautions that have worked and go, these are draconian, uh, ridiculous, like uninfo- unacceptable uh, curtailments of freedom. And it's like, wouldn't those one million or at least a, a portion of those one million dead people enjoy the freedom to continue living? <laughs> like, well, and even then, when this is this is what... You said to me oh so long ago when I was asking more and more questions about this is when these obvious contradictions show up, is it is it a contradiction to like the people in power and it's just cognitive dissonance or is it a contradiction in my mental model of the world? And if I adjust the model, does it make more sense? And the truth is when you get increasingly into these late stage capitalism things like it's not hashtag late stage capitalism is a joke, but it isn't. Things are more (laughs) weird now than 20 years ago. If the pandemic hit 20 years ago, would we have had a stronger response? I do kind of genuinely believe the answer would be yes. So you get stuck in quarantine over in China if they're talking about this like daily testing. You get stuck in quarantine if you test positive and if you don't, you still get Here's uh, continuing with Reuters. I've, this is the last I'm going to read from this. The measures mark a sharp contrast with most of the world, which is easing or removing COVID curbs to live with um, COVID curbs. I've never heard it said that way. And Reuters yeah. said it like 20 times in this article uh, to live with the virus, even as infections spread. Here's what some of the specifics. Beijing has closed gyms and entertainment venues, banned dine-in service at restaurants and shut down a whole bunch of bus routes and almost 15 15% of its sprawling subway system. Oh no, while many residents voluntarily avoid going out. And then we have a quote. It is quite strange, says 50-year-old Beijing resident named Ding, as he took a photo of an empty street leading to a closed subway station. It's the first time in all my years in Beijing that I see empty streets in the middle of summer. It's magical. (laughs) I'm surprised they put that in there. It's magical. (laughs) Businesses that remained open, businesses that remained open, Man, they're just living in fucking hell over there with absolutely no rights or autonomy or ability to make decisions. But apparently (laughs) some businesses were allowed to remain open. We're not seeing many clients as people did not want to do anything that might bring them near infected people and force them into quarantine. Golly. (laughs) Wow. If only we had some kind of... North of us are malls and offices that have been sealed and uh, their, their apps might mark them as close contacts if they came. So they do have a... 
a track tracking programs applications, which yeah. is not just in China. Singapore did the same thing. A whole bunch of uh, South Asian countries and just Asian countries in general. And I think didn't New Zealand do the same? Like you, apps that they just know. Okay, I have RF pinged near this other device, and then oh shit, the person owning this device tested positive. Who all have they pinged near recently? And like yeah. so you can do contact good, tracing uh, using network. fucking technology. Yeah, without <laughs> in theory, hopefully you know leaking personal information. Identify. Yeah. It should just be infected person. Because <laughs> the apps that have tried to do that here in the U.S. on Android and iOS are specifically data mining. And they are yeah, selling marketing. There's, you can sell your shit. Ugh. All right. This outbreak has truly unsettled everyone. It's like, oh, wait a second. Um, oh, it, it says uh, referring to the mobile monitoring software all residents must use. I already talked about that. So, like, I it's not that I'm saying these that oh you're a bunch of babies this doesn't even affect you like oh Chinese people fucking get with the program the communists are telling you what to do shut up and listen I'm just trying to point out that these are measures that were basically done well de facto done in the U.S. at the beginning remember we were closing bars and gyms remember how they they're like hey the place most people get COVID is at restaurants and bars <laughs> and yeah. we're just like fuck that open up. <laughs> They don't even say close all your businesses. They're saying, please go to takeout only. <laughs> yeah, but takeout means less tips. <laughs> you're, you're cer- the whole system here in the U.S. is geared towards that is impossible without introducing a safety net. And late stage capitalism, the greed is such that they won't give out a single cent. You have to fight for And China everything. has got a goddamn safety net, which makes all of these things possible. Like, and you know, the main... Take every contradiction to anyone who happens to listen to this that still is like full on harm reduction, vote blue no matter who. The 2022 rhyme is in full effect. I'm seeing it already. I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, the contradictions are too. The, the contradictions are too strong. So we have the abortion thing going on right now, and it's like we have known this as a people and as a Democratic Party for 20 years that Roe v. Wade is technically fragile and nothing has been done to address it. Functionally, they allowed this next thing to, it hasn't happened yet, but it's probably gonna. All of these other laws that keep popping up that are anti-trans, anti-body autonomy, all of this stuff, the party that's in power that are like, we ended COVID, (laughs) they don't do anything. How are we supposed to continue to drive people to vote for one of two functionally ineffective parties if anything ever gets fucking dealt with? We can't deal with anything because then this bullshit shadow boxing that goes on between the Democrats and Republicans would have to end and somebody would have to do something. And we wouldn't just be able to keep fucking yapping back and forth about, I don't know, should Billy get married? I don't think Billy should get married. Let's fucking only talk about that for four years while fucking Billy is also starving. Maybe that should be a fucking issue yeah. to deal with. I'm just getting mad for no reason now. Well, uh, for reason. I'm just getting mad though. <laughs> yeah. The reason we can't do these things is because it'd fuck up the economy, Dragor. What do you think uh, China's Not jobless even fuck rate? fuck up the economy. Our economy would get stronger doing it. It is just because we have a bunch of psychopaths that only see legal, and it's legally backed too, by the way. If your com- company corporate plan is, we will become the richest company on earth ever in 10 years, but it comes at a cost of the first four years short-term quarterly gains will be heavily reduced, the, the shareholders would sue to make that plan not happen. 
and they would legally win. In in March, what do you think the percentage of the unemployment rate was in China? Because here they say that we can't that all of our unemployment, all of our problems are all caused by the fact that the government did anything. Gave us those not two thousand dollar checks. They're saying unemployment, pandemic unemployment given to us by the Trump administration and removed by the Biden administration. Two uh, percent in China. Well, in March it was at five point six, which is pretty crazy, right? It's like almost what the U.S. is. <laughs> it's like, even if you use the math that capitalists say matters, it still does not make any sense if but you like, look at it. If, like, if five percent is unemployment, there that means their ninety-five percent workforce is still three times the four times the size of us. I know there's still two Chinese-employed people for every one American. <laughs> And they're getting better education and healthcare. Gonna lose my mind. We should segue directly into uh, the abortion conversation because, I mean, like, there's not much. None of us are going to debate about that that is bad. The things I specifically want to say about it. Uh, first, obviously, like, of course it is terrible. Of course it is scary. And I have nothing but sympathy for anyone who is about to be immediately impacted. But then for the rest of us, because the way this ruling is likely to go is abortion is just the first of many dominoes. And as a queer person, as a non like those things, it's coming for me quickly. It's coming for us very, very quickly. And the reason I'm not... And the, the reason I'm not, like, I personally am not in a super panic is because, to me, this has been right around the corner my entire adult life. So, like, that it's finally getting there is an expectation to me. So, we talk a lot about, people who might listen to our show, and certainly me when I was getting into the Bernie movement, we talk all the time about European countries who have XY safety net and just have generally, a, like, a, a couple more they aren't fighting over whether or not you should be able to get an abortion in Finland. They aren't fighting over whether or not you should be able to get, get ma- to get gay married in Norway. But if you asked me, Pepper, should we become Denmark? I would say no. No. Because the power relation there, what you just described, like, what, what do you think I'm getting at? You're talking about how we just have to keep fighting for these same rights over and over and over again. Like, why is that? Do, do you know, let's try to do a handoff. You know what I'm fucking getting at? I mean, to me, it... it- the fundamental thing is we keep having these fights because we're trying to ask for like permission or a benefit or a grant from someone in power. And I say, no, fuck that. I want the power. I don't even want the power. Fuck you. I'm here. I demand it. And all of my fellow proletariat should demand it with me. <laughs> if you go social Democrat, if you go Nordic model and don't go socialist, <laughs> <laughs> the best you can possibly hope for are a series of temporary privileges granted to you by capital. When capital decides that those rights no longer apply to you, they simply go away, much like your dad telling you how long you can play the Xbox. That is a fundamentally <laughs> different power relationship from the proletariat, the working class has the power power is vested in the people themselves so if someone comes and tries to say this right is going away they simply say like what are you talking about no it isn't (laughs) (laughs) you don't even have the power to do that amy coney barrett whoever the fuck has no influence like these singular lifetime appointed members of the bourgeois 
<laughs> do not get to make these decisions about us, re- regardless if they happen to be a man, woman, white or brown <laughs> or whatever. These lifetime appointed randos who only get those positions because they have proven themselves to be the most palatable to capital. That's what the whole process is. These are lifetime appointments. You think they're going to lifetime appoint somebody who might actually change some shit? Yeah, they're not going to take a risk on a class trader. And at this point, every every AOC that shows up, I bet the perverse thing is how long until we make them one of us or at least get them get the cog fitting correctly. The Republicans choose people who are beautiful and can be racist through gritted teeth while smiling and, and the Democrats choose people of diverse backgrounds who will never ever challenge the uh, the imperialist militarist uh, bullshit that the US does. Yeah, uh, the the representation we are at is uh, you can be any, you can look like anyone or anything, you can wear anyone or anything. (laughs) It don't matter as long as you hail the almighty dollar, if as long as you are a capitalist, but make no mistake, if if that group of people does truly get a new stranglehold, all of that diversity will start to erode again. You always see the in-group shrink. They talk about utopianism with socialists a lot. And there are a lot of like utopian socialists, people who think, oh, if we just simply got everyone to be nicer to each other, the whole world would just be great. And fucking, we'd all, <laughs> someday we'll find the rainbow connection, which is a very nice thought. And intrapersonally, yes, those should be your goals to like have love and peace between you and your community. I mean, but when it as, comes to like governance, a, as a, a practice, as, as a meeting of, some religious stuff to the scientific method, it sure seems like the most practical way you can raise a conscious being is to, one, understand that humans are very good about self-preservation and self-interest. We're wired for it. Two, what is the best way to serve that? Treat other people as you would like to be treated. If you do a scientific basis of teaching around that... All of a sudden, you don't have to have all of this tone police stuff. Like, just from a sheer function of if everyone is actually operating from that thing, if you are not being nice to someone, you're just going to stop getting the things you want. The, the system will correct itself and just select for you out. Like, kind of how you all have that friend in the group that sometimes, like, they're just, they're generally an asshole, but not enough of one to be like, yo, get the fuck out of my house. But, you know... Maybe gradually they stop getting the invite. So I bring up utopianism and socialism because uh, I, a liberal utopia does exist, like utopian liberalism does exist. And I would argue that that is what we have essentially built towards. A world in which uh, all of the liberal concerns, things about uh, like appearances, uh, language, uh you know, like everyone being nicer to each other, having representation. Like we are at the point where uh, enough diverse people have been welcomed into the bourgeois that the liberals kind of have what they want. Like you can yeah. point to all the halls of power and find at least one gay, at least one non-white person, at least one woman. Like they are accomplishing that, but none of it seems to actually push the system anywhere because that is not their goal. Their goal is not to have all workers lifted up, which obviously since most work workers tend to skew like darker skinned less educated to like all of the disenfranchised uh like elements of oppression it hits workers harder so that is like your big demographic but they will hold up 
a single member of the bourgeois who gets pulled up or not even that like, Oh, you're rich and have a rich parents and you're, Oh, but your, your dad happens to be uh blah, blah, blah. So you, <laughs> and they can always point to, no, our system is not racist, homophobic, transphobic, whatever. <laughs> Look at X, Y person. I have a black friend. Therefore I cannot be racist. <laughs> and people just don't see that. They see it on an individual basis, but systemically it's just, they're blind to it. It's weird. It freaks me out. It's because we don't even teach a part of that is just a lack of foundational scientific teaching. If you do a movie where everyone's white, people will notice. But if you do a Supreme Court law nomination list where everyone is bourgeois, <laughs> nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you remember how Biden, Biden, before he got in, yeah. was saying, you can't limit me to my selections of office not being billionaires. <laughs> Yeah, that would make it harder for me to hire people of color. <laughs> that is a thing he fucking said. He's like, you can't tell me I can't hire rich people. That would make it hard to hire black people. It's like, because as we know, all millionaire, all black people are millionaires. I guess. Very different topic, and you are at the convention in question. So I'm gonna, I can, I think I can just, I just drag and drop this image into the Discord. I did. So Yay. I saw this before. F, this is before FWA, and uh, if if anyone on Twitter saw the the quote "Come for Cancer" party. Oh God, I say, yes. I know a little See bit you. of this. So like, this didn't actually happen. Quick summary: the the whoever came on, I'm trying. It's not that I'm trying to protect everyone's identity. I just don't think it's ever productive to like, oh, run after this person and tell them how much you think they're an asshole. Everyone's already done that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they the, have. The, the come on the pizza person who, and this fucks up all the things. The person would you, would you who like the, me to state this? I'm going to get through it all and then do all my caveats. Okay. I thought you were saying you were doing less caveats. The, the person at the BLFC, it's not even a caveat. It's just like a, a I don't know, a side note. The person at the BLFC come on a pizza party in, in which uh, a bunch of people in a private hotel room jizzed onto a pizza. 19 people. The st- <laughs> 19 people. The story on the internet was ranged anywhere from what I just said to, no, they did that, and then they just put the pizza in the hallway, to they did that, put the pizza in the hallway, and then housekeeping picked it up and, like, rubbed the pizza on their face. And like, oh, my God, there's cum on this pizza. I, I, like, this, the story's got fucking crazily way, way out of hand. And what actually happened, which which I have from direct sources, is they came on the pizza, and then they threw away the pizza, and it was fine. <laughs> like, they didn't. Nothing about that in and of itself I find morally despicable. I do think it's weird, or a misstep, definitely a mistake, that they, like, tagged the hotel in the fucking tweet about how they came out of pizza. Don't do that. But no one was actually hurt with by, like, a bunch of people jizz on a pizza. Uh, That's fine. Even, like, knowing that it happened. If learning about that happening hurt you, that is a you problem, not a rest of us problem. But I do hope you get help with that you problem. I mean, for, by all means, if you're like, I don't want to hear about that, hopefully people respect that and don't yes, continue absolutely. to in, insist on talking about it. But, <laughs> but in general, yeah, that's just, that's, that's a, that's not my business. Nothing really immoral even happened. It's not like they jizzed on, all over a couch that was staying in the hotel had to clean. So I end up making those stances. I'm like, oh, you're just like, come on, fucking everybody chill out. And then the same person like does some way more over the top shit that. <laughs> 
So they they then were gonna say, uh, we're having a, a party, the the come for cancer party, where it's going to be a charity thing. And this is we finally arrived at the dark side of you can do anything in furry as long as it's for charity. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have hit. We hit the end. We found the line. We found it. <laughs> I mean, not. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna say no. We didn't. <laughs> and I'll, t- I'll explain else. exactly why. The if only it was someone reason, else that did it differently. The only reason this isn't working is because they didn't work with anyone or actually get consent. I guarantee you, there's a bunch of people looking at this going, well, if they had consent, we'd be coming on a pizza for charity right now. <laughs> so the the reaction of the furries, first of all, I'm not going to like defend the like, I want, because at this point it becomes more and more clearly, I am doing this for attention. Yes. I am doing this for clout. I no, want they're, everyone they're, on Twitter to talk about and this. And abusing charity for that is one of the biggest asshole moves you can possibly do. That's what people are, that's why I think people are actually upset about, and then they don't, they may or may not realize, like, they don't know where to direct that kind of anger. And one of the places that people decided to direct that anger was by fucking directly contacting a testicular cancer charity to try and use them as a cudgel to get a furry convention hotel party canceled. Same thing with calling (laughs) the hotel. What fucking world do you live in where you say a party is happening where everyone's going to be coming everywhere? I need you to do something about it. And what happens is, oh, yes, hello, my name is Stephen Marriott, and I will simply go to that room and ask them to discontinue their coming activities. They're going to either come down on the con, if they're going to do nothing and ignore you be like, you're a weirdo because you are a weirdo for doing this. Unless someone's getting murdered, they're drowning them in the cum. You need to stop. That is a police okay. matter. It's a police matter also. Or they're just going to come down to the convention and be like, yo, you're having weird sex parties. Uh, we're up in your insurance. You got to pay us more to be here. Like, Or you can't have your con here. That's less likely because they want a money. Yeah, they do. Con. Hotels are uh, thirsty. You're the organizer, Dragor. Talk fucking, I don't even know what to say about this. Because it's not like, oh, instead, if someone's having a party you don't like, you should instead call this manager. Because that kind of gets down to what my point is. of well, how let's, most let's, We address it yeah, every time. So... What they did here, let's apply universally, let's analyze and identify what is the strategy of what they did in absence of either side and anyone being right or wrong. Because everything that went down here could be inverted. Nazi furs could choose to do this to a good convention. And the reason why things like this are dangerous, the reason why I do not support calling and like harassing the hotel of shitty conservative con is because all that does is open up to well then that you can that means they can do it to us like the venue doesn't Sorry, care having a the, party, venue, I don't the like. venue doesn't give a shit about the content of our conventions the hotel that hosts super queer friendly amazing first squared also hosts the local police convention why because we both pay the fucking check the hotel is not a place of morals. They don't care. No one's dying. No one's getting hurt. They're just a place to do the thing. Now, if you're having like a full-on Nazi convention, that has greater, farther-reaching implications. And we have history and laws around hate speech and things like that. But we're not there. We're at, on face value, legally, every step of the way to that hotel, 
they're a bunch of weirdo people that are going to give the hotel money and have a party. And what they say in their hotel rooms, while probably awful, is not the hotel's business. They're not going to go bust into that party. Why would they? It's actually even against the law in most cases. The idea I want to strike at here, because it's also not a saying that there is never a situation in which, like, oh, you need to, like, tell an authority, like, somebody who can actually act to do a thing. Like, if somebody's having a fucking suicide party, yeah, I probably do try to get that breaking up through, like, relatively extreme means, such as, con- like, directly contacting. Look, I'm not going to say that a bunch of uh, conservative chuds gathering it results in zero harm. Uh, we, we've seen what happens when enough of them gather and they all want to look alike a lot, right? Like, we under, the, the severe reaction to what we're having to this is we know what it's a prototype towards. But at the end of the day, factually, you have to look at the system with which we're participating in. And Marriott does not give a fuck, and they are never going to give a fuck. And, like, you just have to make people aware, you know, when someone asks, hey, I learned about this, 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 Conservative, this con, it's called free for all. Like, hey, by the way, don't know if you know, give them the rundown, and then that's it. Stop advertising for them. Every single We've fucking had... tweet in the past two months for this shitty con has like 50 likes and 50 retweets, and every <laughs> single fucking dunk post that is advertising this shitty event is it like hundreds or thousands. <laughs> If no yeah. one said anything anymore, I don't think people would even know the weekend it happens. As an event runner, the only thing I am truly concerned about is my event. Uh, and that really is, if, if you don't like an event, then don't fucking go. Their, their Reg announcement has uh, 100 retweets, uh, 90 of which are quote tweets, which you know are people <laughs> saying, like, don't go here. And it's like, if you wouldn't have said anything, only 10% of the people would have been fucking even talking about this. Yep. Makes me a bit insane. I'm trying to, I'm trying to It go makes you a thing. bit insane that you're trying to hustle as a musician and this shitty conservative cons getting better advertising than you are. People will take the time. Well, tw- tw- it's it's Twitter algorithm. This isn't just like oh, I, I understand. In, I in understand. In a vacuum, would totally act like this. The Twitter algorithm knows that people are pissed about this, so it shows it to even more people. So, like, you kind of it's not that you're an idiot for doing the thing, but you if you can become cognizant of how Twitter operates and how all platform, all algorithmically driven platforms operate, and know that they are trying to get you to fight with people, you can act in a way that you can go, no, fuck that. I'm not gonna be your monkey, Twitter. I'm gonna not do that <laughs> yeah and at this point if you are still talking about racist con and tweeting about it on the thing we all get it stop okay hold a second i'm just scrolling down their things and like every one of their tweets has a hundred retweets <laughs> okay here we go this is a uh, our t-shirt design came to light and like in and of itself if you look at this tw- oh I, I see i see i see why it's because it's jason effects art yes That's why. <laughs> Jason Effects like, is an oh, organizer. Jason Effects is an organizer and transphobe and racist and piece of shit. And is he shit organizing bird. this con? Yeah. Is he like working in the con? I think so. So, and Turd Bird's a GOH. 144 retweets. How come I'm not? I'm supposed to be the biggest Nazi in the fandom. <laughs> that is a joke. Uh, uh, 144 retweets. How many of those do you think are quote tweets? Uh, 112. 
129. 129 out of 140 retweets are people going, boo, I don't like this. Everyone should see it, though. (laughs) (laughs) I want you all to know about this thing that happens on this date at this time at this place. Here's their registration link, and I want you to know how much I think you should not do that. (laughs) Like, as if we were going to accidentally fall into fucking the place. At some point, there's going to be some group chat or Twitter feed or something that's basically for the the conservatives to follow that it retweets every time left Twitter furry, left furry Twitter dunks. And that's how they're going to use it as discovery. Every time lefty furry Twitter dunks on some like, oh, we should go check that out. They're gonna use they're gonna use our our dunking prowess against us. <laughs> it is you need a, that Jeff Goldblum of... from uh, 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 from Independence Day. They're using our own satellites against us. <laughs> <laughs> Blizzard and Starbucks uh, U- union news like Blizzard and Starbucks is oh first of all the Amazon second Staten Island location vote failed like by a lot and it comes to like and you never know how much of it is amazon fuckery but you're also just not gonna win every union vote also you know that at places where uh or union organization is gaining steam that is where turnover cranks up to uh 11 and they start firing and rehiring as many people as possible so anybody who was convinced has a greater chance of being shooed out and you can pull in new people who don't really know what's going on and will just vote no because they're like union money i don't care and (laughs) so I don't really know what's going on there. You, you, you always hope that it's not like, oh, this was a flash in the pan, one vote passed, and uh, Christian Smalls actually is not going to be uh, a driving force in a greater labor movement. He's the guy who organized the, yeah. the one, the, the, the unaffiliated random dude who AOC uh, stiffed several times uh, when he was trying to organize <laughs> after telling him she would go. Uh, you know, but she's got a lot of very important tweets to make. <laughs> while not legislating any progress. A lot of very important tweets. Oh, uh, that's fun. So anyway, good union news. Uh, signs that we are winning, and I just want to say it this way. You've all heard it this way. So if anyone, if, if it ever comes up in conversation, you can like point this out. So we have Blizzard and Starbucks, two different kinds of companies. They both have recently had successful union shits, and they're waiting on their contract. By the way, it's only like I think 20% of unions who get to the point where they're supposed to get a contract get a contract in the first three years. So that's plenty of time for these companies to do basically whatever they want to make sure that union is entirely ineffective or a a puppet of them by the time you finally get to your contract. But shittery in this like no contract zone, technically, according to the rules, they are correct in that if they want to give everybody a raise... They can only do it to employees that they have the ability to, like, uh, just dictate shit at, meaning non-union. If you're non-union, they can say, this is it, bam, and it happens. If you have a union, they have to check with the union, you have to negotiate, you sign a contract, etc. So they're doing the most fucking petty, playing mommy against, playing one child against another, I guess, not mommy-daddy, where they're like, if you didn't join the union, we're going to raise your wages. Unfortunately, those who join the union, we cannot negotiate with you, we have to talk to your fucking... So... They come out and say, because unions, you get more money. <laughs> and it's temporary, because when the union threat goes yeah. away, all of a sudden, we got to downsize away these too. wages. So if anyone ever in your job goes, oh, well, see, look, they did this retaliatory action where they're benefiting this group of workers, I'm like, I know you aren't so dumb that you can't tell when, like, oh, fuck, we're losing. Better do some weird petty try to get them to fight with each other shit. That's just what it is. It is straight up class warfare. That is a move in yes. the class war. That is <laughs> it's, the class it's, an, it's a legendary move too. It happens 
all the time. They always do the same shit. The tactics have not changed at all. <laughs> Hopefully ours have a bit, like, as organizers. Because yeah, the internet fucking, allows us to do mutual aid a lot easier. I can quickly zip some money to a strike fund instantly now, which is nice. Yeah. Across the country. There's a- Those are things you should always, like... I'm not going to co- say that you're you're bad for like retweeting petitions and stuff. Strike funds? Ooh, do that. Like that's a place where I'm like, please retweet the shit out of it. That kind of does something. Like the, the mapping of, of dollars <laughs> to direct tangible help to the people that explicitly need it with a low barrier of entry is why they are good. Uh, strike funds and then um what's the other one? Um it's like public defender bail funds. Are those the other ones? Bail funds. You can do bail funds. Bail funds are... The, the money doesn't go... To, if you donate to bail funds, it gets people out of jail. But then that money just goes to the state. Yes. So, but like, <laughs> Which, as far as something very kind and impactful to an individual, it is important. It is not as like a systemic thing the way uh, strike funds are. Where it's both direct individual help and supporting the movement. I gave money to the Minnesota Freedom Fund to try to get some of the people who burned down that police station out of jail. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I really wish there, and if there was any kind of like, the Minnesota Ball Law Union is on strike and we have to buy food. Can you give us some uh, stuff so the strike can continue? I'm like, hell yes. Please continue your strike. I gave money to the Kellogg's one. Then like the next day it closed without making a deal I was happy with. That was sad and disappointing. Aww. One more, co- uh, another COVID thing. It's probably going to be our last topic because it's almost definitely going to be a big one. Uh, the other week or last week, I used the word fetish object and not to be a sexual, like uh, not a sexual fetish object. No, the, like the clinical or not even cl- the just dictionary. Psychological. Yes. The philosophical <laughs> term of fetish object. Like a fixation. Any, anything, any person, any even just like idea can be treated as a fetish object or like an idol might be a, a better way to say it. Like they worship the idols, like people worship fetish objects kind of like uh, money a lot of well this is not meant to like piss people off a lot of people over the covid pandemic have turned several things into fetish objects the right wing has turned things like ivermectin and like what was it uh, isopropyl isopropyl that's not it, Damn it pep- no ivermectin that. You, you said it wrong what was the first shut one? up hydroxychloroquine yes hydroxychloroquine was definitely a fetish object it was just like uh we have to support this because we support it shut up <laughs> like, yeah, we are in weird. the fight well at the same time uh, masks and vaccines have been turned into fetish objects by some people on the left where they're just desperate to hold on to the it's individuals individual actions are why COVID continues and the government has no power to possibly do anything like that's kind of like the tacit admission you do where it's like if only everyone would do the individual thing which isn't saying that you shouldn't please get a shot wear a mask when you're around people the masks are the most important part Masks matter more than shots. The shots matter more to you, the individual, more than anything else. Although the shots also help, you know, with the spreadability as well. Um, These are not magic cures. And then you run into the factor that, like, sure, I mask 24 hours a day and 90% of people don't. So what the fuck is even happening? The N95 masks, it it makes a difference. They don't fit on my face. Like, there's no way that all the air, like, air comes around those shits even when I wear the perfect exact mask I'm supposed to wear. It's like, oh, we'll just put it on two. What? It's still (laughs) a statistical... That plus you're washing your hands, plus you're minding the venues you go to, all of that significantly adds up. The more power you put into those objects, the more you are trying to say that the individual actions, if only the bad shitty people would stop being the bad shitty people, I'm, the thing would well, go, okay. which is also not true. 
That is absolutely not true. Even if every <laughs> single American was like, I will wear a mask. Cool. You have to go to McDonald's now and work a 10-hour shift. Yeah. You're going to fucking infect each other. Like, this Correct. isn't just... Please wear the, like, yeah, wear the thing. And if it's like me and you casually, like, I'm going to go in the store for 10 minutes, it probably will be entirely effective for that. But if we Not were probably. sweating in that Scientifically, store. Scientifically, it would. Like, then. There are no 100%. That we didn't have a whole thing of, here's our statistical variance of head sizes. Here's the masks. Here's the sizes. Pepper, your big fucking bobblehead mask. Here's yours. Really, it's me. If I walked around with the N95 literally mushed with a circle of my hands like around my face as I did it, maybe I would get like most of my air would be going through, but I don't know. Well, and that's kind of like what I'm getting to is (laughs) you have to have the people willing to put in the effort in terms of not masking. I'm not saying is responsible. I'm not saying the individual is responsible for the pandemic. However, our social obligation to each other, masking is a social obligation. Like, that is a care-about-each-other thing, not a lay-blame-at-the-foot-of-the-individual-because-the-system-didn't-give-you-pepper the ability to have the mask you need to keep you even safer. Or, you know, the lockdown requirement, everything else that goes into it. Even though all the mask mandates are gone, uh, it's going to be geographically relevant or influenced on where you see more or less masks, probably until the end of time. I think, and I'm going to be one of these people, in Chicago, you're going to see, from here on out, masks on trains and buses. If you've ever seen or been on those trains during rush hour, you are shoulder to shoulder. I can't tell you how many times I have been on a shitty packed train in the winter with a bunch of people sniffing and coughing pre-pandemic. I assure you, I will not be the only masked rider for the rest of my life. Yeah, and I also know, even if that does happen, that will not end COVID. Uh, no, I won't even fucking slow down. Hell, Chicago is currently going up every week. Uh, I was just going to say, up, the latest up, news up. there is Chicago now officially recommends masking indoors again, and there is officially no enforcement. Chicago is saying, pretty please. If only Mary Lightfoot so, said, pretty okay, please, me, to all the ask. protesters she locked out of the city by raising the bridges. So wait, let me asterisk. The city says officially recommends, and in some combination of fetish object, also with the fact that individual businesses have continued to have their own rules. So like there's a little uh, candy shop right near where I live and their sign on front says our store policy, regardless of what Chicago, Illinois, or the federal government says requires masks and is going to require masks indefinitely. For no reason, I looked up, I'm just like, what's another city that people would not think of as like, oh, Chicago, progressive, whatever the fuck that means. I'm like, Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> so I just searched up their COVID, but I, I, I know it's not nearly as big of a thing, but I'm like, they're saying their seven-day average is 10 cases. I'm like, oh, so they're just not collecting data. <laughs> Even in Chicago, we're not testing. You do the at-home tests, and then you don't, there's, no one's reporting them. The state of Arizona did track down, like, they confirmed me. The, the health, I was surprised. The Maricopa County Health Department called me, and they're like, are you okay? Are you cool? I'm like, yeah, man, I got over COVID like three weeks ago, and you're calling me extremely late, but I yeah. do appreciate that. Cool. I mean, <laughs> you're at least making the call. If I was going to die from COVID, I would have been long dead by the time they called me, <laughs> but eh, at least somebody fucking called me, I guess. I already talked to a doctor, et cetera. Why do I even bring all this shit up? So vaccines, it's not that we shouldn't get vaccinated. And in fact, China's vaccination rate is somewhere around, they claim, 100%. You know, yeah. Like, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> it's, it's, I definitely believe that it's higher than ours because it's a, 
it's a hella inconvenient to live in China and not be vaccinated. Like they Correct. were talking about, it's people don't want to be around each other, not because they just even necessarily love their fellow man so much. They don't want to get stuck in quarantine. And they know that if their app goes off, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm positive. <laughs> now, now my whole apartment is going to get shut in and everyone's going to be pissed at me. <laughs> so, <laughs> See, that's the social... That's the social encouragement part. Are you, it's not even like an anti-masker is an idiot, an anti-vaxxer is an idiot or not, which that's a separate debate, but let's use anti-masker. It's that it's fundamentally anti-social. That is the core problem I have, I personally have with anti-maskers. I still am more angry at our entire government for allowing a million people to die. But I'm also still angry at you are a person in a society with me, and you are being an asshole. Please stop. <laughs> I'm not blaming COVID on you, but I still don't like you. So, like, what is the entire point I brought? I mentioning fetish objects and specifically masks and vaccines, or really specifically vaccines. Well, so remember a while ago when anybody who said that XY vaccine caused XY side effect was getting kicked off of social media platforms for, for uh, spreading misinformation, and not that all of them weren't. Some of them were. You can't prove what's in people's hearts. I'm just saying yeah. that that happened. And now FDA restricts Johnson & Johnson's COVID vaccine uh, due to blood clot risk. They're basically taking it off the market without saying that. The only people getting J&J are people who, like, for medical reasons, can't get the other ones or need one shot or whatever. But, like, that's where we are right now. So what happens to people who said, hey, uh, there's blood clots. Maybe we should be careful about these vaccines. They're like, you anti-vax monster. <laughs> You're ruining the world. Well, we also don't have a safety <laughs> like, net, so if any complications arise from this, good fucking luck getting any help managing yeah, you're it. you're just fucked. Like, you'll get, the, some payout will happen after people, over half the people who have the complications have died from it already. It's going to be the 9-11 fund all over again. You're like an on-the-fence person, or you're with a family with whoever, and then you're, okay, fine, I'll get the shot, and then you get a fucking blood clot from getting the J&J. Which doesn't mean, like, don't take vaccines ever, and doesn't mean that there are no, like, yes, there are risks in the thing, but holy shit, we have not in any way been honest about them. If you even kind of try to say, hey, here's the side effects that may come from, they're like, shut up! Shut the fuck up! You never talk about the side effects! Get the shot! <laughs> like... It's not that I think that we're getting, like, conspiracy. Oh, you have to get the shot because it has microchips in it. But it is weird <laughs> how it's like, okay, so there are all these possible solutions. And if you look around the world, here are the things that work. China does all the things we do, plus. Vietnam does all the things we do, plus. New Zealand does all the things we do, plus. And then we look at that and say, yeah, that wouldn't work here. Vaccines, masks, everyone else, go away, go to work. Go <laughs> <laughs> I hate that that's become our entire response because we've turned the two things into fetish objects. We treat them like they are silver bullets where if simply every American did the thing they were supposed to do and it's like, well, asshole, you know they're not gonna. Next. Next plan. <laughs> you like, know that plan will not work. If your system falls apart when people go, nah, then your system is fragile, stupid, and bad. People in China decide to try to say nah and then the cops in hazmat suits argue with them they, they don't, don't kill them. them they don't beat them to death they argue with them and then they're like you need to get the fuck back in your place uh here's your food sorry <laughs> like why stop asking okay. why there's a pandemic god you fucking know why your block's infected your phone <laughs> told you that you gotta stay in here's your food if you have issues call your party rep and know that system is not perfect and i am absolutely no. certain that you could find anecdotes where things have gone wrong very like, few of them result in mortalities it's weird how, when it comes to socialism, this one edge case of, see, it doesn't work, and then you point out every edge case 
in America where the system intentionally harms good people left and right, and then it's all of a sudden this rationalizing of they either must have done something bad or, oh, that's just how it is. And it's so frustrating to deal with that cognitive dissonance. I'm listening to this YouTube lady called Luna Luna Oi, and I recommend all of you listen to her. She's great. She's a lady from Vietnam. Uh, her accent is fucking adorable, and I like her videos. And she had this. She's just, just listening to her talk about because I want to hear firsthand direct sources of you live in the country. Your country did this. How did that actually look to you on the ground, a person who lives there and isn't like a politician or a celebrity? And they're talking about how, like. It's not that Vietnam could create this utopia. They don't have nearly enough money to do that. The U.S. is so rich, we almost could have had a utopian-esque solution to this, where it's like, yes, simply follow blah, blah. Everything is provided to you. You will get your drops at this blah, blah. Like, we could have. We have the resources to do that. Vietnam's got fucking nothing, comparatively. And uh, their their biggest export is rice. I didn't even know just how important rice is to Vietnam. Like, they oh. export. They're only second to India in rice exports, and they are a very small country compared to fucking India, like a tenth the population. Not even a tenth the population. Um, like a hundred million people or so in Vietnam. And what did Vietnam do in COVID when they were running all these supply chain issues and like we don't know where we're gonna get our food? What did they do? They vastly reduced, practically stopped all rice exports because they knew people in Vietnam needed food. They yeah. stopped the profit thing specifically and intentionally to help their population. And it's not that that move was perfect and resulted in every single Vietnamese citizen receiving the exact appropriate amount of food they should have, but look at the motivation. Look at what they tried. Yeah. <laughs> they tried we to do this. We don't get anyone trying to do anything <laughs> for me here ever. Every move is to explicitly extract more of my life and money away from me. And it mostly worked in Vietnam. This is a time where I can't go, yeah. oh yeah, and then the plan fell apart and their country deserved... No, it it helped they had more food like they had less of a they did not have a famine because they made a move that hurt bottom lines of some people well not of some people like a lot of that shit it's subsidized by the government rice prices in vietnam are subsidized by the government why do farmers in vietnam not regularly commit suicide in the same way that farmers in the u.s do because there's price guarantees they're like the price of rice is this we do not care about market forces the price is this and if you grow this much rice you will get this much money yeah, Whoa. good. Great. <laughs> and it makes rice the same price for people buying it. There's no like, oh, fuck, rice is $10 a bag today. Like, it's a dollar yesterday. Like, our fucking nonsense uh, anarchy of production system, and not anarchy in the cool way. Chaos of production. <laughs> so, there you go, anarchists. I called you cool. Everyone has to like me now. Yay. <laughs> not the American system where we just make whatever the fuck we want and hope somebody needs or buys it. There was some kind of planning. We need food. Supply chains are getting completely ruined right now. Let's lock our food down so we can eat it. Yes, please. Wow. Not, let's not bury tons, uh, literal tons of potatoes instead of selling them because it would crash the potato market. Or heaven fucking forbid we just feed people. Simultaneously, you saw footage of what Dragor just described. Of people dumping milk, tr just trucks full of milk, just tanks onto the ground because they couldn't afford to bring it to market. Burying potatoes. Marx has a thing where he's like, one of the core issues of capitalism is that all goods, you can't just like use the goods. They have to first be converted to capital, meaning like sent to market. Some like stock somewhere has to move. Some guy has to move a fucking bead on an abacus. And then that milk is worth something as opposed to its value just as milk. As nutrition. Potatoes. Of it keeps someone alive. Okay, uh, I gotta go because I gotta yeah, catch too. a plane. <laughs>
Yeah, you gotta actually go for reasons. <laughs> I gotta go get on Marta. The episode where I got to rant the whole time was very fun for me. <laughs> I'm glad. Hey, I had a good time. It's been an alright time. This for has me. been uh, Last Minute Politics. <laughs> My name is Pepper Coyote. I'm Dragor. Find us on social medias. Bye! Bye.